G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Today with Jeff Vines, author, pastor, apologist and Bible teacher with a straight-talking message from the Word. There's one rule when it comes to the economy of debt. It's immovable and unchanging and it goes like this. If you owe, you pay. Today with Jeff Vines. Hello and welcome. Thanks for joining me here on Today with Jeff Vines. In today's episode, Pastor Jeff's message is called You Owe, I Pay. And he's referencing the parable of a master and the servant that's in Matthew chapter 18. The servant owes a vast amount of money, but was forgiven the debt and set free. This passage helps us look at the new economy of grace that was preached by Jesus. Let's hear from Pastor Jeff now on Today with Jeff Vines. Glad you're here. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, over to Matthew chapter 18, Matthew 18. And usually we jump right on into the series description and then the passage. Matthew 18, 21, we'll get there just in a moment. Uh, I want to give you uh, what I call an irritability quotient test. How irritable of a person are you? Now, you're in church, so it's good to be honest, okay? Uh, I'm going to ask you four questions, and you're going to rate yourself. You're going to keep your score. Uh, one being the lowest irritability and 10 being the highest. So this scenario that I paint for you, it irritates you to the nth degree. That would be a 10. If it doesn't irritate you at all or very little, that's one. Okay. So here we go. Here's the first scenario. Uh, you've done your homework online. You've uh, been to eBay and Craigslist and you've researched it. You've got this massive investment, uh, a, a, a huge product that you're going to take home and set up in your house. Uh, you go, you decide that you're going to go to say Best Buy. You purchase it. You put it in the back of the truck. You get a friend's truck. He loans it to you. you. You drive home, you set it up, you install it, all that stuff. You plug it in. It doesn't work. One to 10, one to 10, write it down or just memorize it. There's only four of these. Number two, uh, you're hungry and you stop at McDonald's. And the only reason you stop at McDonald's because your wife and you have two small children, they're expecting you to be home on time for dinner. And all your wife asks you to do is pick up five cheeseburgers. So you go to McDonald's and you go through the drive-in window and you order five cheeseburgers. How hard is that? Five hamburgers with yellow paper. You say, pass it on to me through the window. You get up to the window. They say, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Vi- I mean, I'm sorry, whoever you are. Pull up, pull up to the left and wait. Five cheeseburgers and you got to wait. And then five minutes goes by, 10 minutes, and they forget you. And 20 minutes goes by and your wife is angry. She's wondering where you are and you're trying to tell her, honey, I'm sorry, I'm waiting for five cheeseburgers. Uh, And you're 30 years old at the time. So you go in and you say, (laughs) 
You go in and you say, how hard is it for five cheeseburgers? And then, of course, it's really embarrassing because that manager shows up at your church next week as a first-time visitor. But <laughs> one to ten, how irritable does that make you? Okay, third one, you're on the 210 freeway last week. You're in the middle lane. In the middle lane, so you're not in the fast lane or the carpool lane. You're in the middle lane where you should be. And you're driving maybe just a little bit over the speed limit to keep up with traffic. This dude comes behind you in a, in a monster truck and he tailgates you. And then he goes around you, gets in front of you and slams on the brakes. You have to switch lanes to avoid hitting him. And then as you go by, he gives you the sign of his IQ total. I mean, he looks at you as if it's your fault. How irritable does that make you? Uh, one to 10. Uh, finally, you're in San Dimas a few months ago. <clears throat> And you're at a stoplight, it turns green, and your car stalls. Uh, you can't help it. It's not like you did it on purpose. And the guy behind you just lays on the horn. He puts his head out the window, and he's yelling obscenities at you. How irritable. One to ten. Okay, here's one for extra credit. You're in a, you're in a church service, and it's supposed to be over in five minutes, but the preacher's going on and on in his first point, as if he could go for another hour. Uh, but he's an extremely attractive man. So, okay, that was just extra. That doesn't count. The first four, the first four, one to 10, where are you? Now, if you're 30 or above, then uh, research would tell you that you have an anger issue, that you're really irritable and you need some anger management. We need some anger management, you and I. Now, hold that all together for a moment. I, I, uh, I was born and raised in uh, Tennessee. I hadn't lived there much since I was 18, but uh, that's the home of country music. And I detest country music. I think I've made that confession before. I hate country music. I, I can't stand it. Think about it's all, hey, look, it's all about hurt and pain. It's all about my truck broke down and my wife left me. Come on here. Here's some titles for you. Okay. If you leave me, can I come too? How about this? I bought the shoes that just walked out on me. Uh, when you leave me, walk backwards so I'll think you're coming home. <laughs> and of course, not too long after that, the, the, the hurt turns to anger, so you get songs like this. If I'd have shot you when I wanted, I'd be out by now. <laughs> okay? Now, all right, so we've got irritability, we've got hurt, pain, and suffering as depicted and communicated by country music. But here's the reality, and this is what I want to talk to you about, and this is important. This is one of my favorite passages. I say that every week because I love them all. I've been in them every week. So the reality, though, is that it's one thing for a total stranger to pull up beside you and yell obscenity, somebody to yell at you as your car stalled in San Dimas. But it's another thing entirely for somebody that you've trusted, somebody that you've believed all your life had your best interest in mind. It's another thing for them to betray you. And to say hurtful things. And there's part of you that when that happens, when it's not a stranger, but somebody that you've trusted, you thought had your best interest, you've loved, you've uh, committed yourself to, or you've had a relationship for a long period of time, it's very difficult that when they offend you, when they betray you, not to want revenge. Even though you believe that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, there's a part of you that hopes that God will use you as the tool of vengeance. You want retribution. You want relief. 
We're in a series called Pumped, and the reason we've named it this is because there are some passages of Scripture, whether it be one line or a paragraph or a narrative, that when you understand truly what Jesus is saying, you can never be the same. Things have to change, and your blood starts coursing through your veins, and your heart starts racing because you know this is different now. I can never be the same person. Jesus... In Matthew chapter 18, verse 21, Peter comes to him and he says, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but 70 times seven. Peter says, the rabbis say that I forgive seven times. On the eighth time, I go for the jugular. (laughs) Jesus says, no, that's not true. And the ultimate rabbi says seven times 70. He takes the number seven and the number 10 multiples and each represent perfection or completion. And the idea is not 490 times. And on the 491st jugular, the idea is that you do it until it's complete, until it's perfect, until restoration occurs. Then he goes and he tells this parable, this narrative. Verse 23, for this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he had begun to settle them, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. But since he did not have the means to repay, his Lord commanded him to be sold along with his wife and children and all that he had in repayment be made. Now that's where I want to take us. That's kind of like scene one of the parable. Stay with me. Brilliant narrative Jesus tells, but I want you to kind of get in the first century mindset. Uh, Go, go with me in this parable as if you've never heard it before, because here's what Jesus audience is thinking. First of all, they think 10,000 talents. Whoa, man. One talent is a vast sum of money. In fact, all the taxes collected in Judea and Samaria for one year only equal to 600 talents. 10,000 talents. Jesus takes the highest number in use and makes it plural. It's like when you and I say a gazillion. (laughs) He owes me a gazillion dollars. It's insurmountable. In East Tennessee, we say he has more money than you can shake a stick at. It's a lot of money. The second question they would have been asking is, how is it that could a slave come into 10,000 talents? How can a servant come into that kind of cash, that kind of money? And there's only one answer, and Jesus' audience knew it. This is a king of lavish provision. This is a king whose forte is generosity. It's a king who wishes to open up the windows of heaven and pour out his blessings on his people. It's a king of staggering generosity, of compassion, of empathy, of provision, which brings us to the third issue, and it's this. What kind of slave... Or servant. This is more of a servant than a slave, folks. You know, in the Bible, it's not slave. It's more indentured servants. In other words, you're working for somebody because you can't get a job somewhere else or your family owes money. Understand that. So the servant, what kind of servant borrows 10,000 talents? I mean, we're talking about a GNP number here. What kind of, what kind of servant borrows that much money from a, a, a master of staggering generosity without making provision for a day of accountability? Without knowing that one day the master is going to come and say, hey man, that's 10,000 talents that's getting up there. You've heard of Dumb and Dumber? Remember that movie? This is dumbest. Okay? And the audience would have known this is unbelievable folly. What's interesting about this out of the four gospel writers, Matthew's the only one that records this parable. Why? What was Matthew before Jesus called him to be a disciple? Tax collector. He's heard every excuse in the books of why somebody doesn't pay a debt. But... The servant soon learns that this is not only a king of lavish provision, of staggering generosity, he's also a king of settled accounts. This is not sloppy bookkeeping on the master's part. It's not a lackadaisical approach to talents or money. The king of lavish provision is also a king of settled accounts. Staggering generosity, yes, 
but also accountability, a day of reckoning. Therefore, Jesus' audience, when they hear Jesus tell the parable, would not be surprised in any way if Jesus' next line would have been, so they threw him in prison till he could pay back everything he owes. There's no chapter 7 or chapter 11 in Jesus' day. There's one rule when it comes to the economy of debt. It's immovable and unchanging. And it goes like this. In the economy of debt, if you owe, you pay. I want us to say that together just so it sinks in. On the count of three, we're going to say, you owe, you pay. Here we go. One, two, three. You owe, you pay. Again, you owe, you pay. That is the economy of debt. As a matter of fact, in the first century, if you owed someone money and you couldn't pay it, you became their servant until you paid the debt. If the debt was large, then not only did you become a servant, but so did your wife. And then if it was large enough, your entire family became servants of the person that you owed the money to. Now, if the debt in this case was so exorbitant that it could not be paid back in your lifetime, guess what? Not only your family, but your family's family and generations to come would be born into servanthood. Which is why the servant does what he does next in verse 26. So the slave fell to the ground, prostrated himself before him saying, have patience with me and I'll repay you everything. Now at first it looks like, wow, the servant is begging. (laughs) This is arrogance. He's doing two things. Number one, he's severely overestimating his ability to pay. I mean, how's an out of work servant going to raise 10,000 talents? He can work the rest of his life. Not going to be able to do it. But he's also severely underestimating the intelligence of the master. This is insulting. It's right up there on the top 10 list of impossible things to do. No way he's going to pay back 10,000 talents. Let me give you another few things that are impossible, just so you know where we're going here. 20-minute sermon by Pastor Jeff, impossible. (laughs) The state of California spends less than they take in. That's not going to happen. The Cubs winning the World Series. Now, I hate to say that for you Cub fans. As a matter of fact, I read a guy wrote uh, in a newspaper article. He said, every September, I set my DVR to record Biggest Loser, but it keeps recording Cubs games. I thought, here's the point. Here's the point. I'll pay back everything I owe. Yeah, right. That's an insult to the master's intelligence. But the audience, as stunned as they already are at such arrogance, when verse 27 comes, they would have been absolutely silent. And the Lord of that slave felt compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. In the original language, two things happen, and they happen in this order. Number one, he says, take the chains off of him, get him out of prison, let him go home to his family. He releases him. Tell him to go home and tell his wife they're not going to be bound, they're not going to be servants, I'm going to let him go free. And the second thing, forgive the debt completely. Just wipe it off the books. Now, somebody has to pay, right? I mean, it's a large sum of money. It's not like it just disappears, Somebody's got to bite the bullet. Somebody has to pay. Somebody's got to take the hit. Somebody's got to take the loss. And so the king in Jesus' story offers a whole new system of debt management that no one would have ever heard about. In the old system, you owe, you pay. But in Jesus' story, it's beautiful and it's new. You owe, I'll pay. Welcome to the economy of grace. And the audience would have sat in stunned silence. Why does Jesus tell this parable? Well, in Matthew 18, 23, we read this is how it will be in Christ's kingdom. Now focus and listen to what I have to say. God is the king. 
You and I are the servants. And every day of our lives, we have been racking up a mountain of moral debt before God. Every time we are less than honest, every time we hold a grudge, every time we speak unkind words, every time we make cutting remarks about somebody, every time we entertain or share racist jokes, every time we commit selfish acts that wound somebody, all sexually impure thoughts, speech, actions, every time we harbor judgmental attitudes, every time we mistreat our spouse, gossip, slander, or live self-aggrandizing lives. Wow. I've spent the last 30 years of my life seeking spiritual formation, and yet it only took me about 20 seconds to come up with that list. Why? Because I've done every single one of them. So have you. Did you hear what I just said? I'm your pastor, and I just told you that there are times I'm less than honest. There are times I hold grudges. There are times I speak unkind words. I make cutting remarks. There are times I commit selfish acts that I have impure thoughts that I harbor judgmental attitudes, that I mistreat my wife. Sometimes I say things I shouldn't say, think things I shouldn't think, and I live a self-aggrandizing life. And so do you. Now do you know why this passage pumps me up? Because Jesus introduces the economy of grace. He says, Jeff, you owe, and your debt is insurmountable, but I'll pay The books must be justified and our debt is great. The problem is like the slave. Hey, do you remember, do you remember the day when your eyes were open and you understood what that meant? Jesus said, you owe, but I'll pay. Do you remember that day? And you remember how you recognized that before that time came, you were still living uh, uh, kind of on a scale. You thought to yourself, as long as you had more good than bad, God had to receive you and accept you. But somewhere along the line, he opened your eyes to the folly of that. How much you were underestimating his holiness and overestimating your goodness. Because the reality is, if you're going to relate to God on the economy of law or the economy of debt, then if you owe just a little bit, which most of us owe a lot more than we think, you're still separated from a holy, perfect, and pure God. But somewhere along the line, you began to realize you, you don't relate to God on the basis of how good you are because you're never as good as you think you are. But thank God he introduced the economy of grace. Yeah, you owe, but he says, I'll pay. Can we say that one together on the count of three? One, two, three. You owe, I'll pay. You owe, I'll pay. Jesus teaches us that we are on the receiving end of the biggest grace operation in human history. We are the slave. He is the master. And our debt is immeasurable, but God in Christ offers a whole new debt system. You owe, I pay, and all who call on his name shall be saved. Now, let me just say something before I move on to act two. All religions are not the same. You know that. I've made my life study of other religions. The five major world religions, the four have something in common other than Christianity. Here's what they have in common. They're still working under the economy of debt. You make this sacrifice, you make this journey, you pray toward this direction, you give these alms, you don't do these list of things, you do do these list of things, and maybe, maybe God just might be merciful and receive you because they're still under the economy of debt. Jesus says, no, that'll never work because you underestimate the holiness of God. He says, I want to introduce you to the economy of grace. You owe and you'll always owe, but I'll pay. 
Now, in Act 2, the servant, now you think about the freedom that he just experienced. He was going to go to prison. His wife was going to go to prison. He's going to be a slave and a servant. Generations after him, he's ruined their lives too, and they've not even been born yet. (laughs) So you'd think he'd go out, man, he'd be celebrating dancing in the streets, but he doesn't. He goes to a friend of his that owes him a denarii, which is lunch money. Man, that's chump change. It's a quarter compared to 10,000 talents. And he looks at the guy and he says, look, I want the money that you owe me. And his friend, who's on the equal playing field, gets down and begs him. Hey, give me time, I'll repay you. How does he respond? He takes him by the throat and throws him into prison. He violates in every aspect, the spirit, the tone, the word, the deed of his master. And I can just see the curtain closing at act two and everybody in the audience just sitting there stunned. What? This guy gets forgiven of a mountain of moral debt that just continues to accumulate. He goes out and meets his friend. He owes him some lunch money. (laughs) And he throws him in prison, which is uncanny because he could have actually paid back the debt. It was minute. It was small enough. Just given time. He doesn't even give him time. Just throws him into jail. And then act three comes. Act three is interesting. Jesus says that there are some people who've been watching this. They've been watching in the wings. And this guy became famous. He's walking down through the you know, city streets and people say, look, that's the dude that owed the king 10,000 talents and the king released him and let him go free. But then they witnessed as he went out and found a friend of his that owed him just a little bit of money and saw him throw him into prison. And the Bible says, uses the word lupeo. They're frustrated because they're trying to harmonize the two events. How do you get forgiven so much and for, you won't even forgive so little? And so they tell the master. When the master hears about this, he doesn't even wait for an explanation. He doesn't call him in for a conference meeting because his actions have revealed his heart. He's been given grace. You owe, I'll pay. But he's dispensed law. You owe, you pay. The next line is a shocking reality in verse 35. So my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. What is the message Jesus gives? Stay with me. The message is there's an expectation. When someone truly gets the gospel, when they truly get it, they begin to live a life with the spirit of grace, mercy, and forgiveness. have to leave it there for today, but we're halfway through Pastor Jeff's message, You Owe, I Pay. It's all about the economy of grace preached by Christ. Make sure to join me next time to hear its conclusion. Here's a sample of what's to come. The God who introduced the economy of grace, You Owe, I'll Pay, is the coach in the locker room that says, Hey, Jeff, you blew it the first half, but man, there's still more time. And with my spirit in you, you're going to be able to forgive as I have forgiven you. Today with Jeff Vines. For more from Pastor Jeff, head to vision.org.au forward slash Jeff Vines. Today with Jeff Vines. Just another way vision is connecting faith to your life. 
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 